What emotions does your art invoke in your audience? What story are you trying to tell? In today's episode, we sit with a very good friend of mine, Ross Tyson, who whenever he's not directing music videos or short films, he's hosting podcasts. Um, his podcast, What You Don't Hear, gives you an inside look at the struggle of successes you don't get to hear about from people you don't know about. And in today's episode, he shares his thoughts on storytelling and how to be intentional with the message you're trying to get across to your audience. We also talk about how to steal like an artist and use that approach to craft your own original ideas and develop your own voice. I mean, like I said, Ross is a very good friend of mine. He's you know, one of the big, biggest motivators for me to get this podcast started and you know, give him a big shout out and a, and a huge thanks for helping me to get started and kind of be where I'm at today. With that being said, uh, give it a listen. Um, you know, once you're done, let us know what you think. Check us out on social media. And without further ado, Ross Tyson. Hello, everyone. Um, we're here on another episode of the Creative Block. Um, here today with uh, Ross Tyson, um, amazing creator out of Columbus. He is. Uh, you know, I guess, can you tell us a little bit about your, about who you are and what you do? I know you do, you know, you're a photographer, director, creative director, you are a podcaster. Yes. Uh, the, the ever-growing list. Yes. Uh, yeah. So hello, everybody. My name is Ross Tyson, as Luis just said. Um, so yeah, I mean, you just, you listed off the majority of stuff right there. Um, it's, it's an ever-growing list of different things, but um, you know, the leading things are, you know, art director, creative director, of course, video director, anything else to throw the word director into. Um, but yeah, you know, photography, podcaster, as you said, um, yeah, music industry guy is kind of how I've just labeled it at this point. A lot of work in the music industry, um, <laughs> designer, writer, what, whatever it is, I, I literally try and have my hands in nearly anything I can. So, yeah, that's awesome. Like one of the things that like I've you know, taken from you and all of this content that you share and a lot of the work that you do is like you are, you know, a storyteller. Um, I, I feel like with a, a lot of the work that you do there, um, you're always, you know, find a creative way to, you know, share a story, whether it's with a social media post, with a caption, whether it is with, uh, you know, be it a blog post or, um, you know, how you put an art direction for a music video and the story that you're telling with that. And, um, you know, here on the podcast, you know, some of the things that we talk about are, you know, a lot of like the practical things that, you know, help us creatives and, you know, each, every, everybody has like their own like little secret sauce and things that they do that help, you know, help them, you know, do their job. Um, and like, I, I'm, I've always been, uh, been impressed by your ability to, you know, be a storyteller, whether it's the, you know, thanks for looking series, you know, like I said, captions on social media and you know just how you put you know these productions for like music videos and how you help musicians you know with their branding and marketing and their campaigns where you know how they how they go about you know navigating that story you know leading up to like a music video release or an album release mm -hmm. um so can you talk to us a little bit about you know what your, your what your background is in the music industry and like even with storytelling and um you know we could kind of figure out what you know, what, what can help, uh, you know, a fellow creative, you know, improve their storytelling. Right. Right. So for me, like the, I guess the background in storytelling, I think it was just something just by default, like a quick answer is like 
it's something I always paid attention to. Like it, it was always, you know, even when I was younger or, or just getting into anything, I was always looking at like, okay, what is the reason for this? And what does this really mean? Right. And then, so getting more poignant into the music industry side of things, once I started, you know, getting involved in music, it, you know, at first it was being in bands. Um, and I noticed that I automatically was always just like, I, I like, I want there to be a purpose behind what we're doing. Right. I don't want to just make a song and put it out or just post a photo, just to post a photo or whatever. Um, so like that sort of turned into this, like, I guess, I guess what I feel like was an untapped potential in storytelling that I saw within the music industry itself. So when that flip flop from, you know, being in the bands to then gradually just starting to, you know, help manage them or help content create for them, because I started doing that like right at the turn of like social media. So like right at the tail end of like the MySpace days and into like Facebook really becoming a thing and YouTube, Twitter, everything else that's kind of when I like picked all this stuff up. So when social media starts really becoming a thing, obviously like the answer to that is like, you kind of got to capitalize for sure on storytelling. You know, you got to share who you are and what you're about in either just simple or artistic ways on the internet. So, you know, with the music industry in particular, like I just noticed that bands honestly just weren't doing that. You know, there was just this huge lack of almost creativity in how they were sharing their story. It was more so just like, hey, here's a video just because, or here's a post just because, or here's a caption just because. And even, I know that that sounds so detailed, but like literally even the way that you word a caption, you know, tells a story and, and what you're trying to, you know, what what emotion you're trying to evoke in somebody. And so, you know, where that grows even further for me, and like, I don't know if I'm getting off off topic here, but like in creativity in general, like I've always wanted to, you know, do everything that I can with a purpose behind it. So for me, that sort of goes hand in hand with storytelling because, you know, when somebody reads a caption or something, I want them to feel what I was feeling either writing that caption or looking at that photo or video or whatever it is that I made. Um, it's the same thing. You know, I kind of took that tenfold and I don't know if we'll get to this at some point and I'm bringing it up to earlier, but you know, you mentioned like the thanks for looking series that I do. Like that's the whole point of that is, is literally just to tell a tiny story, but tell it in a way that immediately just enthralls somebody and, and, there, it's almost it's being so directly explained to them that they're feeling exactly you know what what it says to be feeling. You know? Can you for for the listeners out here that don't really are not familiar with your work, like can you explain a little, what is the Thanks for Looking series? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's it's this online series of I, I guess what what I would call art pieces. Um, but they're um, it's just they're all blank. They're either with a black background and white text or vice versa. Um where I literally just explain what the image or video you would be seeing is. Um, so, you know, you're not actually seeing a picture of flowers, but I'm giving you the description of what the flowers look like, how they're sitting, how it's being lit, you know, how it was edited, all that sort of stuff. Um, and just kind of like explaining, you know, explaining visually what you would be seeing. Um, and that's it, you know, very plain text, very plain design. There's nothing, you know, big to it um or extravagant um and it's sort of for me like i don't know how deep you were wanting me to go on this answer but like 
for me, you know, I started making the thanks for looking pieces as like a call out to everything on social media, honestly. Yeah, um, it almost it almost feels like like not making fun of the way people post and like the you know, the way the captions are are you know, structured, but I feel like there's there's definitely a lot more meaning to it and like for me when you know when I first started seeing them is kind of made me feel like wow like don't really think about it when people post stuff but you know a lot of times people just share stuff with no real purpose or no mm-hmm. intent other than to just show off or you know try to you know clout chase or whatever it may be it right. kind of leads me to like that's what I was asking about like the whole storytelling thing because you know something that I've I've realized with myself even with some of the content that I share is that you know it's I don't really post as much anymore because I don't feel like I have anything really to say. And right. if I don't have anything to say, then, you know, what, you know, what am I, what value am I bringing to whoever's viewing this content with, you know, other than just a cool picture or a cool, cool video, you know? So it's, you know, that, that's, that's, that's definitely something that I got from that where, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a play on what people, how people utilize social media today. And for yeah. me, like it had a real big impact. I mean, like, wow, like, like a lot of people kind of sound fake. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it's like, I, I don't want it to be a, a, of course, like a negative thing and I'm not trying to be negative and saying it, but I, I do want it to be that sort of like, um, almost look in the mirror moment, sort of like retrospective of like how people use social media, you know, uh, some of, some of the wording and some of them is like, you know, here's a, here's a picture that I worked really, really hard on, um, for weeks and, and took hours of editing. Um, and you will forget about it in five seconds. You know, that that's the description of the picture and that's all it is because that's it's it's a call out to how people do use social media now. Even people who claim to be super supportive, you know, I, I started making that series just because I was like, Man, like I'm talking to a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, who hasn't, you know, and not that it, social media engagement is not everything, but you do feel a weird lack of support when, you know, a close friend of yours hasn't liked or commented or shared anything that you're making yet to your face they're like oh hey yeah do, uh i don't really know what you're doing but like i totally support it and it's like well man that kind of <laughs> like i mean thanks for supporting it but yeah. you know and that's even where the idea came from thanks for looking it's like sort of an empty method of support it's it's very just empty support that's all it is so it's it's sort of it's just a tongue in cheek like you don't really care about what you just click like on, but thanks for looking at it anyway. Yeah. Because that's a lot of the time, like a view, a look is almost all you can get from somebody on social media. That's, they might not hit like, they might not comment, they might not share it and show it to, to somebody else. And again, not that that stuff is everything. It's not, it's very easy to get caught up in social media, but I still feel like that stuff, like, should be more addressed and more brought to people's attention of like, man, attention spans are very, very short now. And even people who like don't mean to be unsupportive are unsupportive. Again, the, you know, close friends of mine who are like, yeah, dude, I, I have not paid attention to one of your posts in six months. Have no idea, but uh, good job anyway. It's like, again, well, thanks for looking, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it's great. It's kind of going back to, you know, like the whole storytelling thing, like you, you know, with that series of posts and how, you know, the message that you're, you know, conveying, like it's, you know, you're utilizing storytelling to, mm-hmm. you know, spread a message and, you know, get get that point across to whoever, you know, comes across it. Um, how do you feel that, 
you know, what would you say to like the creative that, you know, is, you know, kind of focused on, you know, creating that pretty image or cool picture, cool video, you know, how, how do you think they could apply storytelling to some of the work that they do, be it, you know, commercial, personal, et cetera, but mm -hmm. like anything that they create? To me, you have to find the authenticity in it and, and how it's authentic to you. So, you know, of course you can make, you can make a flashy image. You can make a super cool post, a cool design, a cool art piece, whatever it is. But like, to me, it's, it, of course, it's easy to get caught up kind of like you were saying in like, oh, I, I need to break through and I have to make the coolest image ever or whatever. But like what it really comes down to is like, are you making it for you in the end? Like even if it is client work and it is commercial work and you're, of course, you're, you are making a commercial for a client that is paying you to do that. I still think that like it's important to find that, you know, authentic balance in what are you getting out of it past just like whatever that paycheck is, you know, whether it's a lot, whether it's little, it's, it's, are you creatively getting something out of it? Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I mean, I'd be the first to say like, that's something that like I struggled with, you know, very early on. And, you know, as you're, you're, you're learning, you know, new techniques, new fancy transitions and things like that, you know, I felt like I, wasn't satisfied with any of the work that I was doing. And as I like started like really analyzing, it's like, well, you know, one of the reasons why I'm not, you know, super happy with it is because I'm not saying anything. Like mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, throwing together like all these cool random images that looks cool, but you know, with no real, you know, intent or purpose behind it. Um, and kind of went down to like, you know, I am not, what am I, what am I trying to say? Right. You know, right. what um, part of your story are you sharing through this, even in the smallest way? Like, right. And like, I even think like now, you know, even with, you know, client work and, you know, any, any, anything that I do now, like it's, you know, how can I, you know, what is it that I'm, what is the message that I'm trying to convey? And I feel like a lot of people, you know, they kind of tend to focus on everything else but that. But I think, you know, a, a great art piece, whether it's a, you know, a photograph or a video, you know, primarily, you know, a lot of the work that I do is video centric and, you know, when, you know, whether it's a music video or some narrative piece or, you know, even if it's like a bio video for like some business, you know, what is that story that you're trying to, you know, what is that story and what is that message ultimately that you're trying to get across that you want the, you know, viewer to, viewer, viewer to you know, to see, to feel, what is that emotion you're trying to get across? And I think, you know, I, me personally, I've struggled with that, with finding, trying to find what that is with it with each project and i've noticed that with a lot of people that that's kind of you know one of the things that you know i feel like they may they might be missing yeah and i think i think a lot of people are missing it because it takes a back seat to comparison i think a lot of the times like when you're creating those sorts of things when anybody's creating that stuff like you kind of compare to like oh well what are the other big videos in this style doing or what are the other cool photographers doing with, with these live photos or whatever it is? And it's like, and don't get me wrong, I've, I've totally, totally been in that and still am always in and out of that. But it's like, it is finding like, what is the little bit of you that you can genuinely put into this? Whether it's a style or even just like the, you know, if, if you're getting into, um, you know, literal, you know, physical storytelling with like B-roll in a music video, 
well, how, you know, what are you really trying to convey through that scene where two people are arguing? You know, yes, it can go with the song or whatever, but what story are you really trying to tell? What are, what, what, what emotion are you trying to convey to the viewer? Because especially with music videos and even commercials really like, um, or, or certain commercial work, like, you know, the B-roll and stuff doesn't always have, you know, live audio dialogue that follows. So, you know, if it's a commercial and two people are very sad and, you know, it's probably going to be, ha- it's going to have a voiceover or a, you know, set a, a score over top of it or something. So you're not going to know what they're saying. So it's like, well, how can you convey that through, you know, even the camera work or the mood or the lighting or the setting? And and I think there's so many ways that, you know, it doesn't have to be just dialogue and it doesn't have to be so like out there and in, in, in just in somebody's face. Like you can tell a story through super small details in anything you know what i mean again like i said like talking in the production realm the way somebody's dressed you know let's say that they're they're supposed to be sad well okay then let's make their setting you know even if it's a bright you know white uh painted room well maybe they're dressed in all gray or navy blue or something like that because they naturally you know their character in that story made the decision that they felt like dressing down that day you know I know I'm getting super, super detailed, but I feel like those are, you know, a lot of things that do get overlooked in how to tell a story through video and photo, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. So like, you know, like kind of going, you know, you mentioned like, like a music video, you know, is that something that, you know, early on in the pre-production phase, is that something you're like considering when, you know, once you guys narrow down the script and kind of have like a rough outline what the video is going to be about, do you, you know, how, how do you, you know, how do you go about that now, you know, like with the art direction, you know, you mentioned with how they're styled, whatever, you know, props or setting, mm-hmm. you know, in the music video, like what, what kind of, um, preparation do you, you know, wh- how do you go about, you know, doing, m- making that happen in the music video production? Right. Yeah. So, so whenever we're taking on a music video production and, and we get into pre-production, um, you know, we've got the general concept locked in and, you know, clients good to go, all that sort of stuff. So let's say we're making our production book, our storyboard, our, our pitch deck, whatever, mood board. Um, that is sort of the process is is putting all those things together. And, you know, like I had mentioned, it, it we start digging into like, OK, well, first, like, what is the overall story? You know, and, and I know, like, you know, one of the big cliches with music videos is, you know, Everybody writes every song about depression, right? That's everybody's immediate, like, you know, when we're like, hey, what's the song about? So we know we're sad. You know, it's, <laughs> uh, well, I was depressed and blah, blah, blah. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, yes, get those feelings out through song. Amazing. Down for that. Um, but can we tell the story and bring that feeling to life in a unique way? Um, because what a lot of artists go to and I work with a lot more, you know, bands um, than like solo artists or like the rap side of things. Like I know you've, you've, you know, heavily worked yeah. in. Um, so a lot of bands, you know, their immediate go-to is like, well, the song's about depression. Um, so we were thinking we see a dude in a room, he's alone and he's drinking alcohol and doing a bunch of pills. Like that is everyone's go-to. Yeah. So like, what would you say? Like, well, you know. I mean, I, even like on the you know rap side or different genres, I feel like that you have like your cliche things that everybody does. Where like you know with rappers, oh everybody's out in the street hustling, slanging drugs, or doing this, or there's a car and there's like a duffel bag, and right. you know those are things that you know are just like found in every video. And mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I guess at some point, like that was, you know, effective to use in a storytelling, but how do you, you know, what can you do to, you know, kind of separate yourself from what everybody else is doing or what has been done before? Yeah. So, you know, for me, even in that pre-production process that we were talking about, like it, it's finding out, you know, how creative can we get? You know, and, and there's a whole other conversation of how creative can you get with a certain budget and all that sort of stuff. Like all yeah. those variables play a factor. But, you know, when you're just thinking of what story do you want to convey and just, you know, stripping away again, stripping away budget and, and any of those variables, like to me, it's it is just looking at it and like, how can we tell this in a unique way? Not that it's never, ever been done before because most ideas have been done. Right. Yeah. And it's OK to be inspired by those other ideas. But dig into those details of, you know, that that stuff that I think can set things apart is, well, maybe don't light this scene the exact way that you've seen it lit before, you know, set the lighting up different or use some effects in lighting and, and, or use some different colored lighting to tell this different story. You know, there was, um, a music video we did. Um, and, 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 and so I'm going to preface this story with this. So like, talking about like the uniqueness and finding different ways to do things to convey whatever story it is you're trying to tell. I don't think you always have to take the story that was presented to you at face value. And I think you can always like, literally this sounds super cliche and might not be the answer that anybody's looking for, but literally it's just like, have fun, make sure you can have fun with it and do something that you're really wanting to do. So the story real quick is like, you know, we were shooting a music video um, the only concept we were given was this song's about a breakup and you know, that's the other cliche. Like if it's not depression, it's a breakup or it's depression because of a breakup. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we were given the pitch. We were like, yeah, we just wanted to have a, a boy and a girl in it. And we signify a breakup. And with this particular music video budget wasn't crazy. So, you know, we immediately think like, okay, we need this to be compact. We need to be light. Um, we need it to be a relatively simple setting. Right. So we're not running around 19 locations, lighting 19 different buildings, all that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm a huge like sci fi and horror fan. So I was like, you know, why don't we try to tell this like strange, like overly modernized like love story? Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Ex Machina. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it literally was like super inspired by that, right? Gotcha, yeah. So the idea was, you know, instead of just, okay, we see a boy and a girl and they're arguing in the bedroom and he throws her clothes around and she stomps out of the room yeah, crying. Slams the door. And then he starts drinking alcohol and doing pills. Um, you know, I was like, let's get, you know, simple and like the futuristic, weird, like sleek, modern style where what we turned it into was you see this boy and a girl and they're interacting, but there's always a wall dividing them, right? And it was always a glass wall in between them. So it's like they can see, they can interact, but there's just, again, there's a force that's driving them apart, right? And so, you know, what we continue to kind of allude to and kind of show is that, you know, she's actually in this glass box or glass case and they can ev they can never actually interact, right? But he consistently comes and visits her and, and they share these emotions. And we also conveyed their emotions through light. So what we would do is like, you know, when each of them were facing away from each other and they were alone or something, we would switch lighting to blue. So that way we've got, okay, this is sad. This is whatever. Then when, you know, we'd have scenes where, you know, maybe they each put their hand on the glass and, and you know, touch each other that way. Mm -hmm. We'd shift the lighting to like a bright pink. So it felt very warm and lovey. And, and you know, we were, we were seeing their emotions change 
with the setting. And again, you know, it's it's there's a deeper idea when you get into like the sci-fi realm of it of like, okay, is she trapped somewhere? Is he trapped somewhere? Is somebody an AI? You know, what what really is this sort of thing? But yeah. the the core point being is that we're seeing this relationship and we're playing out the you know the the rifts in a relationship the issues in a relationship not just in the cliche of two people are fighting in a room and one of them storms off we're just doing it in this simple weird sci-fi setting where they're in these glass boxes and we've got this cool you know quote-unquote futuristic lighting and we dress them a certain way and we had them convey certain emotions by simply just standing there and staring and, and stuff like that so you know, that was a long-winded answer to, to say that, like, you know, th- that's, you know, one of the biggest examples that I can think of is, you know, all we had to go off of was it's about a relationship. Want to show the struggles of a relationship. Well, that doesn't mean that you have to literally play out every single literal example of what a struggling relationship would look like. You know what I mean? Yeah, do you feel like, you know, whenever, you know, you're talking to the, like the bands or the artists, you know, what you know, when they try to come with that cliche, you know, concept of, you know, duffel bag or, you know, doing pills and alcohol and the breakup and, you know, everything that you would see in every other music video that's been done for the last 30 years. Yeah. You know, like what's that conversation like when, you know, they're like trying to do do this, but you're like, yeah, that's not going to work. So it's honestly saying to them what you just said. Uh, OK, so everything that's been done in the last 30 years of every music video, um, you know, I, I've definitely found myself at a place where I, I will just openly explain that to them and be like, listen, like, you know, if you're making the investment in hiring myself and my team or whoever, you know, whoever it is. If you're making that investment, why wouldn't you want to invest a little further in energy and and thought, not just in money, but, you know, make that other side of things investment of making this unique to you, you know, so let's not, so, so let's not just copy everything you've seen done a hundred times. Can we be influenced by those and reference those things? A hundred percent. Again, there's never really going to be an original idea, right? The, the, the relationship idea I just gave to you, I said, it's ex machina. You know what I mean? It's a movie that I saw and we just showcase it in a different way. Um, but it, again, you know, there's nothing wrong with referencing things and, t- and molding them into something new. But I think it literally just comes down to that transparency with the artist when you're talking to them of when they say we want this and we want some booty and a car and this and then we want pill bottles, but then we want alcohol bottles and then we want the dad to stomp out of the room and punch the door and the kids sad like it's like, yeah, okay, you want the cliches, I get it. And I think that like creatives sometimes have to hold themselves accountable and have that confidence to, you don't have to be rude, you don't have to be mean, you don't have to talk down to the artist, but I think there's a big part of the creative that needs to make sure that they're being honest and say, listen, I want to make this video for you, but I don't want to make your video everyone else's video. So are you cool with me taking some creative liberties and let's, or let's work together to form some new fresh idea as fresh as we can make it based off of the core things that you want. Right. Most of the time they're going to say, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? If they're not and they're super standoffish and they're like, no, it's my idea or nothing. 
I'm going to go ahead and say that you probably shouldn't work with those people anyway. Yeah, you know, sure. if, if they're acting like that in a meeting or even, you know, whatever it is, email message, anything like that, like if that's, you know, if they're going to be super standoffish about like, no, we don't want you to have any creative input in this. You just need to do our idea. I don't think that's a worth it client no matter what. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've had similar conversations with, you know, with artists and it's, you know, really comes out to like, you know, do you really want to do the same thing that's been done over and over again? And, you know, and how can we tell that story differently? You know, with, you know, with that being said, like, are there, are there any other, you know, maybe like tips or, or, you know, suggestions that you may give to like, you know, somebody who wants to improve on their storytelling? Uh, So don't be afraid to try things that you haven't seen done. Like, and and I don't mean that like, oh, I haven't seen a music video where uh, uh, 19 cars ramp out of an airplane. I can't try that. Like, you know, obviously within reason, but like, you know, try something in the music video realm that, that you haven't necessarily seen done in a specific way, because odds are, you know, as long as you're again, trying to be authentic in your creation, even if you're referencing other things, it's still your take on it. You know what I mean? Because then it's, it's a fresh idea. Um, one of actually few books that I've read as an adult, um, is called how to steal like an artist. And I don't know if anybody's heard of that or not, but you know, it explains this idea that again, nothing is original, right? Even the most uh, like really, really close to being original things, they're always inspired by something else. Mm -hmm. So it talks about like opening up to that and quote unquote stealing like an artist where the main idea is you know, look at five things that you could reference for this one thing. So let's say it's, it's a, let's say it's a metal music video. You're working for a metal band and they want a metal music video. Well, maybe if you're getting some creative control and stuff, look at, you know, or have them send you, you know, five reference videos from big metal bands that they like and have them pinpoint something out of it that they like. Hey, I like the lighting in this one. I like the camera motion in this one. I like the story in this one. I like the color in this one, whatever, right? And the idea of stealing like an artist is to take one piece from each reference and then ball those up into your own thing, effectively, quote unquote, creating something new that is now unique to you because you took this aspect of that that aspect of that, that aspect of that, so on and so on, and you form something new. So, you know, that's like, you know, literally do that. You know, that that's my kind of way around, like, how can you have, you know, fresh and unique ideas or how can you implement your own storytelling into something, you know, is, is feel free to reference other things that you really like, but what aspects in, in specific that you like about them, and then capitalize on that and be like well you know make your own version of whatever it is that that you want to see you know what i mean that's like one of the i don't know what the exact quote is but you know there's something to the effect of like you know some of the best creations come from somebody making their version of what they want to see from something that already exists yeah. you know there, there's some big like rock band that um there's some big story about like the one of the m- members of the band um who was a bigger fan of this other big band when he was younger you know, he wanted to make music really bad. And at that point in time, you know, streaming and the internet wasn't around. So like, you know, you couldn't just find like a leaked album or, you know, anything on the internet. So what this person did was since they were so anxious and excited to hear their favorite band's new album, he started writing and recording his own music of what he hoped their new album would sound like. Wow. And then that turned into 
his own band. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's just like a lot of the times, again, the best creations can come from somebody creating what they wish some of their favorite things would be. So I think that that can easily translate into anything, you know, commercial narrative, any of that sort of stuff, but music videos that we're talking about in particular, yeah. you know, it, it's, Oh, don't be afraid to take a fresh take on a music video by looking at a bunch of the stuff that you like the most and then seeing how you can steal an idea from each of those and effectively make your own unique idea out of that. And again, you know, when you're doing it in, you know, an authentic way and you're doing it from, it sounds cheesy, but when you're doing it from like your heart and you're creating, you know, you're really putting a piece of yourself in there. That's where the storytelling element can come from is, you know, this is okay. This is my take on, you know, how I would like to see, uh, a you know, rift in a relationship, a breakup or whatever happening in a song. You know what I mean? And it's, it's effectively, okay, well this is kind of like, it's a new idea for this realm of things. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that's awesome because it's, you know, like you said, it you know, you still, you know, nothing is really original. However, you know, you as long as you're going a different way of, you know, trying to tell that same story, you know, with you know, with that being said, what you know, are there any other you mentioned the steal like an artist book, you know, are there any other like sources that you draw inspiration from? So outside of that, like I'm not a big like this is going to be an incorrect statement because obviously you can learn from everything, but I take more inspiration from entertainment things rather than like educational things. Okay. So of course there's like tons of podcasts that I've learned, you know, a lot of stuff from, but when we're talking in particular in the art realm of, of creativity and stuff like that, it's, it's honestly, it's movies, you know, it's movies and shows, which of course that's the most rudimentary, like, well, of course they tell stories on movies and shows. But it's not just paying attention to, is this crazy action movie a crazy action movie? It's more so, all right, the cool action star is very upset in this scene. What all did they do to convey that? You know what I mean? And I'm not, I, you know, I'll preface that or, or follow that up with, uh, you know, I'm not exactly watching like the new Fast and Furious and, and all that sort of stuff. So I don't really know, you know, how they convey things in those. But I'm talking, you know specific movies where you know there there really is purpose behind the stuff that they're doing that's where a ton of you know my inspiration comes from um you know in a weird way um and i think you and i have talked about this before or you've at least heard me say this um one of my biggest places of drawing inspiration from is actually pro wrestling because you know there's there's so much storytelling and character development that goes into pro wrestling Oh yeah, I mean, like I'd say, like eighty percent of like pro wrestling is all the storytelling, all the characters. And exactly, and so that you know, that's almost like my like hidden area of where I get inspiration from. Because again, I know my my answer of movies and TV shows and stuff like that is such a general like. Of course, you're inspired by those. You want to, you know, when you want to make movies, you're inspired by movies. But I would say if I were, you know, that's that's the secret one is pro wrestling because. You know, a lot of people look at pro wrestling and they're like, oh, it's it's oily dude in tights and masks and they're fighting each other for no reason. Um, but, you know, of course, yeah, the physical aspect, whatever. That that can be cool. It's fine. It's, you know, whatever. It's wrestling. But the storytelling element and the characters that these people are portraying in these stories, that's what I really draw to 
of what is this person's motivation. It's not just, I want to win that belt and I'm going to hit you with a chair. Like, I'll be totally blunt. And I might just be sticking up for something that I like here, but I'll be totally blunt and say, like, I think people that look at pro wrestling in that way, or they look down at it, I think, like, they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're not able to really dig into something and look at it for, like, truly what it is. Because I'm looking past it, just past what's on TV. I'm looking at it also in the sense of that human being who decided to become a pro wrestler is fully engulfing themselves into this character. And this is their real life take on what that character is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is how they're portraying that. And then you get, you know, you get to the TV side of things and, you know, okay, what, what vignettes and what promos are their character, you know, what, what, uh, what little cinematic vignettes are they, are they shooting and airing on TV to promote this character and all that sort of stuff. And like, again, you know, it all ends up with them fighting in a ring, you know, regardless, it doesn't matter what's going on. But still, like, there's such an element to how that stuff is promoted. And I'm not talking about the fight. Again, I'm talking about the character. How those Mm. characters and stories are promoted and told. Why are they fighting? Yes, exactly. It's it's, why is this happening? What is the real purpose? You know, it's not just because the one wants the championship and the other one doesn't have it. It's like, no. You know, if if the story is told well, also, because I'm not going to pretend that all bits of pro wrestling is, is well made. But, you know, when the story is told well, you truly understand why that one person wants to beat that other person in a quote-unquote fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why does that character, what is driving that character to do that? Yeah, and like with, with podcasting, like I know, you know, you host several podcasts and you've been on guests on many podcasts. Mm-hmm. How do you feel does that translate when, you know, how do you you know navigate a story when you're interviewing somebody, whether it be for like, you know... Um, you know, for a client, you know, project or, you know, even like in a podcast setting like this, like how do you, you know, how how can you use storytelling to effectively, you know, drive the narrative and drive the conversation? Yeah. So a lot of that I, I think is, um, it honestly comes down to vulnerability. Um, and I know that I keep just giving you such simple and cliche answers, but I think it's because those simple and cliche answers are true. Um, so for me, you know, if I'm, we'll use the podcast thing for an example, right? When I'm interviewing somebody on my podcast, um, you know, I, I do want to, like, I want them to open up and I want to be vulnerable with them. And I want to see, you know, what made them them, because there is a story to be told in that, because I think a lot of the, a lot of people just, they look at themselves for who they are and what they've done. And they themselves know a lot of the struggles and stuff that they've been through. And I'm not saying everybody has to share their struggles all the time and keep no secrets, but there is a strong, strongly overlooked value in the power of being able to connect with somebody through their story. Because I think that I'm getting a little existential here, but I think that everybody is far more alike than they are different. And I think the only way, the only reason it seems different is because nobody is vulnerable. So when I'm guiding questions through a podcast interview it's because you know i am trying to connect with them person to person but i also want them to to almost uncover what made them them i want them to know that it's okay to talk about the things that they thought that they would never be able to talk about or or shouldn't ever talk about and you know realize that like you know 
it's it's fine to be vulnerable and open that stuff up because all stories are valuable. And I think when, you know, of course, when I get a question answered where they reveal some new big part of their story with an okay, that changes our narrative a little bit. And now my next question feeds off of that because now I want to know how that made you feel or what that turned you into or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Because again, with podcasting, there have been so many interviews that I've done where even the people themselves, while I'm catching on, even they themselves, as they're explaining these things, have sat and been like, oh, um, I didn't realize that, yeah, now that you mention it, that thing that happened to me when I was a kid, that actually, that's the reason that I do this thing as an adult. Like, that did turn into this positive thing or negative thing that I'm identifying that I need to fix or whatever it may be. And and so, and in the client form, you know, cl- businesses and artists and all that sort of stuff um, who are clients, like, I will openly say most of the time they don't know what story they want to tell. They just want something that looks cool and they know they need to get it done. So a lot of the times in a, you know, in a meeting when I'm, when I'm questioning a client for like, Hey, what do we need to create for you? It's because I want it just as I'm trying to create something authentic to me creatively, whatever we're creating needs to be authentic to them. them. You know what I mean? So it's, it is, you have to tap into that story and okay, you, you own, small local, you know, alcohol brand A, whatever. Well, why? You know what I mean? Why did you start it? Where did that come from? What are the ingredients and are they special? Why do you design the things the way that you do? It's it's like a little kid asking anybody anything. Why? That curiosity. Why? Why? You know, yes. Yeah. So it's like having, you know, opening them up to knowing that like answer that curiosity, be vulnerable and tell your story because again, to me there's value in every single person's story. So whether you're capitalizing on that in the form of business and, hey, let's share this story and connect to our customers, or it's just something simple through a podcast interview, you know, to connect to listeners, it's it's all done just from the basis of, like, stories are valuable. Yeah, it's a great answer. You know, the reason I ask is because, you know, like, this podcast here is this is new for me, and, you know, as I get comfortable with interviewing guests and, you know, just kind of trying to drive that narrative, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, what, you know, w- what is in somebody else's head, you know, when, you know, whenever they're in this position, you know, mm-hmm. like for me, you know, this is, this is very brand new sitting on, you know, being, being the host and asking the questions and, you know, kind of trying to figure out, you know, how, how I go about, you know, driving that conversation. And, right. Right. You know, like you said, it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's really boils down to like, you know, having that curiosity and continue to ask why mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, why is it that you want to know what you want to know? Exactly. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like, even, you know, I, I kind of have this like unsaid, like contractual deal basically with anybody who's like a guest on my podcast where like, I kind of feel like if you're agreeing to do it, I feel like, you know what you're getting into. And not like I'm going to put you in the hot seat and be like, what's the worst thing that happened to you when you were a kid? Like, you know, we don't have to dig in that deep. But I feel like if you're agreeing to do that, like, you know, just as well as I know, you're coming on to tell a story. You're coming on to open up. You know, you're coming on to connect. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right. You like you, 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 you know that we are looking to get vulnerable. We're looking to, you know, get curious with things and, and dig into what makes you you. Yeah. And, you know, I guess uh, as we kind of wrap up here, what, you know, are there any storytellers that you look up to or, 
you know anybody that you get a lot specific that you get a lot of inspiration from um so the immediate one that comes to mind um in like the podcast realm of things um is drama um so if anybody's familiar with robin big fantasy factory those mtv shows ridiculousness um short story long short story long is the podcast um so he he hosts that podcast and you know it, I, I don't even know if it's necessarily like that he is a great interviewer or great storyteller. Like he's, he is g- good. Don't get me wrong. I obviously, I listen to it for a reason, but I think that, you know, there is something about the openness and the calmness and the vulnerability that he brings to his interviews where they're not hot seat Q and A's. They're not like really, you know, he's not pushing for things. It's, Yep, here's Chris Paff and and his guest, and they're sitting down and they're just talking and they're just storytelling. You know that that honestly is a gigantic inspiration for the my podcast. You know, it's like I was just like I just want to do I want to do the same thing that I do or that he does. Um, you know, in the in the movie world, um, there's so many, but the first one that comes to my head is a, a current director at the time of us recording this, at least. Um, his name is Ari Aster. And he's done the recent movies Hereditary and Midsummer, And to me, he is absolutely one of my new favorite storytellers. Actually, along with, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't immediately mention him, or these two other people. So I'm going to give you three. Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, and Robert Eggers. Um, in the director world, in the movie world, those are like three currently that I'm like real into. Um, because they have this realness, but also, you know, of course their movies are wacky and crazy and, and scary horror movies and whatever, but, um, the way that they portray their characters and, and tell their stories, it all has a deeper meaning. Um, not only do they try to make good movies, um, and they try to make, you know, them scary when they need to be scary and all that sort of stuff, but they don't shy away from giving them deeper meaning. They don't shy away from giving them that pro wrestling why. Why are these two people fighting? Well, it's because way back in the second scene of the movie, something you didn't catch, that character said to that character, and that's now culminated to this breaking point. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's not just the, you know, triple X, uh, you know, ramping the car, and he's got to get the girl, and there's an explosion, and that made him mad. Like, you know, those movies can be entertaining. I'm not saying anything bad about them, but, you know, as far as that sort of stuff, I think there's a... Uh, a huge, huge value in authentic storytelling as if I haven't said that enough, but like, you know, in the movie realm, you know, that's a, that's a, you know, those are huge inspirations. And then of course you can dig back into like, uh, you know, your, uh, Wes Cravens and stuff like that from like past horror movies. And, you know, again, I'm a huge horror movie fan, so that's, you know, where, where a lot of my head goes, but even in, in, in like a little bit more of a broad answer really quick, like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the production house, uh, a 24, Uh, so they produce like a a ton of movies um a handful of you know gigantic movies um but a lot of indie movies too their vibe and the way that they go about either selecting the movies that they decide to to bring in and and distribute um or the ones that they do themselves um and the directors and writers stuff they work with like all have this really raw true realistic side of their movies even if they're crazy wacky settings or something like that there is still this like realness to it where it feels like it's not necessarily just a casual movie where there's a start a middle and a big crazy end 
their movies come off more so like we just zoomed into these people's lives and we're just watching their lives play their normal lives play out for two or three weeks and then we're going to zoom back out and that's it what happened to them i wonder you know what i mean like yeah. we just saw a part of their lives so you know even something like a broader thing like a24 itself um the movies that they produce and stuff um literally one of the biggest inspirations for things that i write and and skits that i make and shorts and and movies that i want to make um that's honestly a huge goal on my bucket list is i want to make a movie that gets produced and distributed by a24 you know just because i know that that means i made something that fits into what they do and that hugely inspires me so yeah so is that is that kind of like you know, something that you're putting into, you know, you're taking into consideration as you're writing these scripts and these short films and, you know, work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it even harps back to like the, uh, steal like an artist sort of thing. It's like, I want to make something that my favorite something would make. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my take on, you know, I want to make a, a movie about, um, I want to make a movie about an independent band, uh, on tour, but I really want to do it as if, you know, A24 or one of my favorite directors were making it. You know, I want to be, I want to use that as inspiration because again, I'm going to still make it in my own take, my own, uh, you know, look on it and yeah. stuff like that, my own feeling, but I, I'm still going to mold it after like, well, I'd really love if they made this. So how would it look like? How would it feel, you know, if, if they were making that? Because Again, it's some of my favorite stuff, some of my biggest inspirations. So, all right, here's what it would look like, at least my take on it, if they made this. So I do think, you know, moving forward, at least currently in, you know, a lot of the scripts and and ideas and stuff that I'm writing, um, I fully got that kind of ingrained in the back of my mind is like, if I were watching this in a full final form. This is how I want it to be. This is what I would love to see, not just because I want my ideas to be used and be cool, but this is honestly what I think I could see it being if these entities were, were producing it or working on it or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. I think that's like great advice because you know, it's, it helps with giving you that purpose as to, you know, why, why and how you're, you know, what is it that you're trying to you know get across? Right. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, that, that doesn't mean that you're not making your version of mm-hmm. something because, you're putting the words down. You're putting the ideas down. It's still coming from you. It's just coming from this main source of inspiration that is now being filtered through you. Right. And, you know, the end result comes out as it is. So it's not, you know, stealing from this or taking from this. It's it's referencing this, and this is how this makes me feel, and this is my take on what this style is or whatever it may be. You know, so, like, in, you know, in final closing thoughts, like, is there any other tidbit or any anything else you'd like to share that could you know help your fellow creative you know with their storytelling i i feel like it's genuinely like i know i already said this earlier but it's finding confidence and capitalizing on that and not second guessing everything you want to do and and knowing that like yes i just need to try this idea i just need to pitch this to this client that I'm talking to, I just need, you know, because I genuinely think it's going to fit, you know, of course, you know, pitch ideas within reason, you know, right. don't be like, Oh, well, I think it'd be fun to do this. And I don't Let's care. Do it in outer space. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hey, uh, bank, would you like to do this commercial in outer space? Like whatever, like it has nothing to do with anything, but I just want to do it. You know, I'm not saying take it that far, but you know, be confident in what it is you're wanting to create 
And it literally just comes down to that cliche saying of just doing it. Like, like just do it. That is it. You know, stop, uh, you know, fishing for excuses. Stop letting there be excuses. You know, look at problems and don't offer more problems to those problems. Offer solutions. Even if it's offering solutions to yourself, you don't have to be talking to anybody else. You know, you've got issues, you've got problems, you've got things that are holding you back or holding you down or whatever. Figure out the solution and then just do it. Because at the end of the day, the core thing that is going to let you do something or hold you back isn't truly like no matter how bad the circumstances are, because I have been there, no matter how bad the circumstances are of where you came from or what you're doing or where you might be right now, you can decide to push past that and create whatever it is you want to create. So it literally is just making that decision and just doing it. Perfect way to end it. Nice. Um, you know, can you tell us where we can find you? Yes, yes. So all of my socials um, around social media, that's, you know, uh, like Facebook doesn't really, uh, not really like looking to promote that, but it's still there. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that sort of stuff is at who's Ross Tyson. Uh, Tyson is spelled T-H-E-I-S-E-N. Um, so yeah, at who's Ross Tyson around the internet, that's where you can find, you know, pretty much my living portfolio of Pretty much anything I create and touch, I, I share it all through there. So all the different brands and ideas, chances are I'm going to be posting about them at some point. So, Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, definitely not the first or the last time. So we'll yes. Yes. looking forward to talking again in the future. Yeah. yeah. You know you can have me on any time to do this. I'm down. Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate it, man. Take care, guys. Bye.